Hey guys, what's up? It's Mel. Welcome to Seat at the Table podcast. I'm so excited to have you here for season two. I know that the Lord is going to do something great in all of your lives. And hey, listen, if you want to support the podcast, comment, subscribe, and share to your family and friends. Everyone needs to hear about God's word. And this is an amazing way to be touched by Jesus. I pray that this season is a blessing to your life and that the Lord may speak to you on the areas of your life that he wants you to work on. God bless you and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Seat at the Table podcast. This is your host, Mel Rodriguez, and I am so excited to be back here today with another episode of the podcast. This episode is called Valleys That Can Be Avoided. And so I think when we've heard the, the term valleys, or at least when I've heard someone use the term valleys, they're always referring to, you know, Psalm 23 when it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's usually a valley that means it's a dark place, right? It's a place in life when we're going through something difficult and when, you know, we really don't know what to do. These valleys are are places in life where sometimes we feel like we're not going to overcome them when we're at the end of the day just going to suffer in the middle of these things. But I wanted to name this episode Valleys That Can Be Avoided because I want to talk about the things in life that as we're figuring stuff out with God, we can avoid going through certain situations because they are usually the outcome of our bad decisions, right? Like, I know I've made bad decisions in life. You've made bad decisions in life. What are some things that you know that if you knew better or that if maybe you had this certain wisdom or, I guess, knowledge, you could have avoided going through that tough moment, making that hard decision that you now regret right the truth is we all make bad decisions and honestly sometimes i make them every now and then i always make a bad decision and i i always like beat myself up over it but the thing about bad decisions and when you make one is that man i know that there's room for grace i know that there's room for growth and so i just pray that as we're getting started elaborating this episode you can grab a notebook and a pen and you can write some of the things that you feel like god is speaking to you and that he's telling you because i want to tell you about some things that can be avoided in life valleys that can be avoided you see although in the christian life it's all awesome and beautiful because we have the lord it doesn't mean that we are absent of our sufferings and of our own difficult moments but i think that god has given us you know just so much wisdom and so much grace and he has given us the his word his word that is our guide and as we are in that journey with god i think we can start to develop character and characteristics that are going to lead us to have a fruitful life and so i just want to remind you as you're listening please know that your relationship with god does not have to look like mine mine doesn't have to look like yours but as you grow with god it's a race and it's not linear it's full of ups and downs um but how can we learn to live a life where we are not eating the fruit of our bad decisions right i don't know about you but i want to be able to make some wise good decisions and it's not that we won't go through hard times and it's not that you um, are not going to go through valleys but avoid decisions that will lead you there willfully right and if you slip and if you fall no there is room for growth and so fast forward we are going to to be talking about today a man in the bible called solomon king solomon so this was 
King David's son. And as soon as David had um, passed away beforehand, he had actually given Solomon the throne over Israel, right? And God was just telling David, like, okay, I'm going to give your son the throne, but it's as long, I'm going to bless him as long as he stays rooted in my commands, as long as he does what I ask of him. And if he follows me wholeheartedly. And so this guy, is someone that God really loves. From the moment that, you know, King David and his wife Bathsheba had him, the Bible says that God loved him. God looked at Solomon and loved him. And so you know that he's a very loved man. He was the person that God wanted to rule over Israel right after his father's death. And God promised him that he would be with him. We can say that God had a plan for him since the very beginning, right? And we know that when God gives us a certain thing or a certain plan, passes and comes to fruition god provides god gives us the wisdom right and gives us the guidance god has a plan for all of us since the very beginning and so god equipped solomon to be king over his people and gave him wisdom he gave him so much wisdom so that he would be able to lead god's people the right way according to the word of god according to the law of moses which was what they uh, measured themselves by in the old testament and so you know solomon is having all of this wisdom he's able to resolve all of these problems that no one knows how to how to deal with he's able to have a good reign over israel because god is just blessing him with that god is pouring out that understanding over him he was also a very rich man he was the richest king ever and he had a lot of gold he made everything out of gold god's temple all of these things he just had a lot of money right and he was also someone that was very blessed he needed to have these things god knew what he needed so that he could fulfill the calling that god placed on him but most importantly, I want to focus on the fact that he had wisdom and he had all of these blessings. So much so that people all over the world would come and visit Solomon. They would hear of his wisdom. They would hear of how God was with him, right? Israel during this time was absolutely thriving. They were having the time of their life because they had a good, wealthy, rich king that people loved and that they loved. But there's a problem that starts to pop up when king solomon steps into the picture like 40 years later and he's already gray and old and he's making all of these dumb decisions right so i'm going to read to you a few verses okay we're going to be reading verses 11 excuse me we're going to be reading first kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 13 king solomon however loved many foreign women besides pharaoh's daughters Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led them astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. As the heart of David, his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, had done. We're going to stop right there, um, but I love how God is just explaining. The scriptures are just explaining as he grew old, right? You know, God specifically told him not to get with these people, with these women that were going to lead him astray. But Solomon did the complete opposite and completely disregarded what God was telling him to do. And so I think that in his wisdom, he felt like he knew better than God. He felt like, man, 
I know that God is giving me all this wisdom. I'm sure I'm doing the right thing, right? Wrong. This was not the case. God was straight up telling him, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is incorrect. And I don't like it, right? We know that God is a jealous God. And he was telling Solomon to not do these things because God cares so much about his children. He cared so much about Solomon that he wanted Solomon to have a good reign, to have a good kingdom, a beautiful, beautiful reign over Israel, for him to leave an impact, right? It's not that Solomon didn't leave an impact, but it teaches us a very valuable lesson. You will never know more than God does. God knows better. He is the, the one that has the most wisdom. And so verses 7 through 13 say, On a hill of east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Shemash, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son yet i will not tear the whole kingdom from him but will give him one tribe for the sake of david my servant and for the sake of jerusalem which i have chosen and so here we're just seeing what god is saying god is sad god is god is upset because he showed up to solomon twice to let him know that he was with him during his reign and reminding him of the importance of staying consistent and right and rooted in god's love and so here i see what god requires from us as his kids he calls us to live lives that honor him he calls us to receive his grace when we mess up but most importantly god also calls us to live in wisdom to know the truth of his word you cannot be a christian and not know the word of god not know how to behave not know how to do certain things that you know you need to surrender you need to know the word of god so that you're able to live a life that not only pleases him but that you are not willfully living in that sin right i bet solomon felt like he was doing all of these right things by maybe his you see, it's kind of sad because Solomon thought that he knew best, but he became just angry. He became arrogant and prideful, thinking that he knew better than God and that God was not seeing all of the things that he was doing. And it teaches us a powerful lesson. Although he was blessed, although he had all of these, um, all of this money, although he was very just wealthy and he had wisdom and people loved him and he was someone that God so deeply loved. It's sad that his story at the very end just declined because this is when, you know, Solomon was just very old. He was turning his heart against, um, against God and he was marrying these women that God was telling him not to marry. And it's sad because sometimes we can be in that position, right? We can say that Solomon chose to be in that valley. Solomon chose to pick and choose what he was going to do and what he wasn't going to do. And it ended up being bad for him. You see, the thing about decisions is that you can either, you have a choice every single day that you wake up. You can choose to be like the world. You can choose to do what you know is wrong. Or you can choose to lay down your life daily to deny yourself and take up your cross and to come to him with open arms because that's who he is he's a good father and he wants 
every single part of your story to just include him in it and it's not that you won't mess up it's not that you won't go through tough times but god wants to be a part of your story god wants to be a part of all of the things that you're doing and all of the new opportunities that you have coming up and so what if i told you that your story can have a different ending your story can have a a different beginning and a different ending you want to know the beautiful thing about when we come to jesus is that automatically our old life is gone and our new life is in because we are a new creation and we can make a choice every single day to say god no matter what you choose to bless me with what opportunity what calling or maybe just a relationship with you god i can come and i can make good decisions that lead me to you jesus ask god today to show you the way right do we want to live lives that please the lord who do you want to surround yourself with right all of these women from other nations that obviously were in sin and idol worship were the people that solomon had around him that didn't help him right that kept him away from jesus so who do you surround yourself with what do you need to cut out from your lives who do you need to cut out from your lives be careful of the voices you're listening to. Be careful of the people you surround yourself with if they're not leading you to righteousness. And what are some healthy habits that you can start to incorporate in your life? What are some things that you know that God is calling you to do, but yet you're not walking in that? I just want to tell you that there are valleys that can be avoided. That God gives us choices every single day to choose him, to choose his cross. And it's not that it won't be easy. It's not that um, it's not that it won't be hard. It's not that you won't feel tempted, but at least you know that God and his Holy Spirit is living inside of you. That God is just speaking so much through Solomon's life. And so those healthy habits that you can incorporate into your lives, think about those things. I want to talk about some valleys that we can be in, not some valleys that we choose, but some valleys that man sometimes we can struggle with and the first one that i want to talk about is you know people who choose to depart from god people who um just go through these things and think that it would be easier if they just left jesus and stopped being in this walk and so i want to share this verse in hebrews chapter three chapter three verses 12 through 14 it says see to it brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from living god but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. So here, the author of Hebrews is being very direct. See that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. The first problem is doubt, right? In the middle of a valley, we can develop that doubt. But what are we to do? We are called to encourage each other's each other as brothers and sisters daily to just continue going to come and share in the one thing that we have in common which is jesus and to hold our conviction to the very end this means that every single day until the minute i die and i see the lord i am holding firmly to who he is right the second value that i want to talk about insecurity a lot of christians walk around carrying the burden of insecurity and even non-believers don't want to give their lives to jesus because they have been taught wrong they have been taught that they're too far gone they have been taught that they're not worthy they have been taught that their life doesn't matter and that that spirit of insecurity has just been implanted into non-believers and even christians walk around with this burden and it's so sad to see because that is not the identity that god has placed on you in fact in 
in first peter chapter 2 verse 9 it says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation god's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light that's what god says about you that you're chosen that you're royal to your royalty to him you're a holy nation right and you're his possession so that you can live for him so that you can lift up your praises to him and so when you're feeling by that valley of insecurity know that it doesn't come from god but that god says the complete opposite about you right the third valley that i want to talk about is the orphan spirit like many people have that that orphan feeling of you know i'm alone my dad left me my mom left me um like people in my family don't know jesus people don't believe in jesus i feel so alone in this walk but the truth is is that we are not alone that we are not by ourselves god is with us and he knows the bible says that even though your father and your mother left you like he will never forsake you he knows that right and we know that because we have him we have everything we need it's not that we won't feel alone sometimes but at least we know what he says in his word and in ephesians um chapter in ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 6 he's he says this in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves from the beginning before the creation of the world the book of ephesians talks deeply about this god chose you god created you and most importantly when he created you he wanted you to be a part of his family you're not an orphan you are not alone you are not less worthy you are not undeserving of his grace and of his love he loves you he wants you to come to him and surrender that valley of loneliness and darkness number four losing your identity that's a deep valley that all of us have gone through at some point i know i've had to duck myself out of that multiple times but here's what god says in john chapter 1 verse 12 yet to all who did receive him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god we did not have that right in the beginning god gave it to us right before we knew jesus we were dead in our transgressions we were dead for the sin of for the wages of sin are death but the gift of god is eternal life right god gave us that right to become his child that right to be able to receive his grace and so when you feel like you are nothing like you are nobody or like your worth is determined by the world or by people around you know that your identity should be in christ alone number five bad decisions that lead you away from christ and into sin I think that this is a huge valley that you can try your best to avoid. I don't think that you should be able to do this by your own power because you can't. You need the Holy Spirit to help you and to give you the strength daily to surrender your flesh and to be able to walk in the Spirit. James chapter 1 verse 15 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. I think that many of us walk around with this lack of knowledge, with this lack of intimacy with God when we are feeling like we don't know what to do in certain areas of our lives. When we are in the middle of a decision or in the middle of something and we're like, God, I don't know what to do. But the truth is, have you opened your word? Have you talked to God about it? Have you sought his wisdom? One of God's spirit is the spirit of wisdom. Like, have you asked God? Because if you truly want to make better decisions, decisions that you know are God's will for your life, you need to ask the Lord for wisdom. 
disclaimer, I am not saying that here and then you are not going to make a bad decision. And what I am also not saying is that you will receive an answer from God um, all the time or that everything will be good all the time. No, like <laughs> the enemy is a liar. You will not receive an answer from the Lord every single time on whatever you want sometimes god is not going to reply and that's okay he's going to have you in waiting seasons where sometimes god is not replying because you're asking with the wrong motives or because he wants you to just be in a waiting season and that's okay but it's important that we're spiritually strong and spiritually able so that we can make the decisions that are good for us the decisions that will please the lord with our lives right and at the end of the day, we can know that God ends up winning, that he's the one that that reigns in the middle of it all. That even though Solomon's story ended badly, the beginning of his reign teaches us the importance of including God in everything you do. And knowing that when you walk in righteousness and when you walk in obedience and when you walk in the ways of God, man, your life just looks different you glow different you think different you walk different and you know that when you've been marked by god and by his love you cannot go back to who you were although solomon strayed away from the lord god was still so deserving of just god was still rich in mercy and grace um with solomon not giving him what he deserved but rather letting him finish his reign before um, giving him the judgment that was going to be upon him so despite what solomon did god still displayed his love for him and that's what he does for all of us so don't feel bad if you made some bad decisions now and then know that if when you you've accepted jesus you are a new creation and that even when you mess up after choosing the lord you are not perfect we are not perfect we're humans but god's grace is everlasting god wants you to be able to walk in freedom and know that although you will have trouble, take peace because he has overcome the world. And that concludes our episode 10 of our season 2. We are going to be starting a new season next weekend. I'm so excited that you were able to tune in and listen to the episode tonight. Share with your friends if God has just been speaking to you through this. 